Hercules. Yeah. Well, welcome, everybody. Great to have another awesome crowd uh, at 11 o'clock. Great to have the folks that are watching online. I know specifically that we've got folks all the way in the Holy Land watching in Africa, the Dominican Republic. I'm um, just a great crew because we have Sam, my good friend, here from the Holy Land. So uh, we're just really honored to have him here. Many of you guys know Sam. You've been on a trip to the Holy Land with us. He has been our guide. He uh, hopefully will always be our guide. He is the best guide in all the Holy Land. And so um, you want to go with him because he just brings it to to um, just a, a new level and brings it to life. And so he um, is here this morning, and he's going to share with us kind of what's going on over there in the Holy Land and, and some of the history behind it, too. So grab a seat, Sam. Um, maybe begin, for those that don't know you very well, tell us a little bit about your family. Well, Safrobrijo, um, that's in Aramaic, means uh, good day. This is how our Lord used to greet his disciples and uh, all the people he used to see on his way in Aramaic, or Shalom, or Salam. So my name is uh, Sam Akarios, and I was born in the old city. This is my family. <clears throat> this is Maria and Michael. Maria has uh, nine years, and Michael has seven years. And my wife, uh, she was uh, for so many years my neighbor, and Jesus said, love your neighbor. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I finished marrying my member, <laughs> so I took the word literally from the Bible. I love my family and I miss them. I've been here two months, you know, uh, visiting some churches, talking in some churches, and I would like to thank my brother Scott actually to make this possible, to be here in your beautiful church, the Orchard Hills Church, amazing church, amazing people. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Where, where is this picture? Well, this is in Bethlehem. Uh, this is the Christmas tree behind, uh, behind us. This is uh, the largest Christmas tree. Unfortunately, we cannot take the whole tree. <laughs> and this is the nativity. It's sad to say that uh, last Christmas, uh, there was no any activity in Bethlehem. And we always believe that Bethlehem is the capital of the Christmas. So this is where our Lord was born. And I was uh, talking in a church just before Christmas in Dallas, and I told them that we need Jesus to be born first in our hearts and in the hearts of Hamas and the Jews. Not only this year, specifically this year, we need Jesus to be born in all their hearts, and not only on Christmas Day. We need him to be born in their hearts every day. So that's why in Bethlehem we always say every day is a Christmas day because there we remember the birth of Christ. But for us, Christmas is more than just, you know, uh, little toys and little gifts. And for us is uh, when Jesus will be born in our hearts and make peace. That's why we call him the Prince of Peace. So we need the Prince of Peace, especially this year, more than any other year, to be born in the hearts of the Muslims and the Jewish back in the Holy Land and all over the world. Absolutely. Now, you started to mention where you're from, where you live. Can you help people get an idea of exactly where you live in well, Jerusalem? Well, um, I live in, uh, in the old city. I was born in the old city of Jerusalem uh, in the Christian quarter. And here, um, if you can see this tower, and this is the Holy Sepulchre Church, by the way. And the, my home is just behind this little white tower. 
And every day we used to walk all the way to the school where we have the cypress trees here. This is my school, De La Salle High School. It's a Christian school. And when, we, when, when I was a child, I used to walk all these Via de la Rosa and the, you know, the holy sites on my way to the school. So we grew up you know, seeing people and uh, uh, carrying crosses. And uh, it was beautiful. To be honest, Like living in the old city is something different. Uh, also, for kids, it's not something wow, because we didn't have like baseball grounds or basketball or like what you have today. So we used to hang out with these stones, 2,000 years of stones. We used to, <laughs> we used to run behind the, the 2,000 you know, uh, years of pillars and altars in the church. And you know, we go to the Holy Sepulchre. There are many secret places, tombs here and there. <laughs> this is how we used to hang out. <laughs> And not only us, I mean, the Jewish friends and the Muslim friends, we lived as brothers. I mean, in the old city, I remember in the late 70s and the beginning of 80s, we didn't know what Jews means, what Muslim, we didn't see any soldiers. We were playing all together. These kids, they used to have a kippah on their head. They used to come sometimes at home and... My mom, they used to give them like little sweets and we used to go to the Muslim side and to the Jewish side. We grew up actually as brothers. Sad to say, now it's not the same. Mm. So people, they don't associate much, you know, Christians, Jews, and Muslims. And, and uh, I remember that uh, in, in, in the school at home, we grew up like loving each other. My parents and my Bible uh, taught me how to love my neighbor and to be good to them. And this is how we grew up. And we're still friends. Believe me, I have so many friends, Jewish friends. I call them to make sure that they are okay. I have Muslim friends. We have some people in Gaza. We have second or third cousins that we know they are in Gaza, Christians in Gaza. Oh yeah, we have 350 members, Christians in Gaza, if you don't know. We are the Christians, we are only 1%. Mm. You know, we are still exist in the Holy Land. So when sometimes you say, I am from Israel, they think you are a Jew or you think you are, might be a Muslim because they know that the majority there are Jewish and Muslims. But those who doesn't know, we do have Christians in the Holy Land, and we are 1% only. I think that's surprising to probably most people that there's only 1% of the population in the Holy Land of all places where Jesus was born, where he lived, and 1%. I mean, and what's your history? Like, what's your family history as well, far as Christianity as, goes? As far as we know, my family goes back at least like 700 years ago as Christians, according to so the So just Church a recent record. convert. Yes. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, originally we are a Coptic Egyptian, and Coptic, they are the Egyptian who actually uh, uh, received the Bible in Africa. The Ethiopians and the Egyptians are the first people to receive the Bible in Africa, and uh, they started to be called Coptic. And uh, they believed, actually, they, uh, they were the last generation of the Egyptian pharaohs, you know, when Cleopatra was there. We are talking about Augustus Caesar, and in his time, Jesus was born, mm. and Mark Anthony, and so on. So we know that when Jesus was born, that was not that much when the Egyptian uh, uh, started to be Christians. So they are the first nation in Africa, you know, to uh, be Christians. And in our churches, we have records for all the families, you know, like the Coptic church, like they, if you get married, or if you have a child, you want to baptize him, you have to register all these papers, certificates of marriage, of birth, of uh, uh, 
of baptism in the church. So we know that our family goes back at least 600 years according to the family file in the church. So That's amazing. Yeah, my DNA goes back to Jesus' time. <laughs> we are the real, the real, the real deal. We are yeah. the chosen one. <laughs> yeah, we think we're we the real deal. We are 1%, but we still exist. Yeah, well, that's humbling. Let me uh, tell, tell us a little bit about October 7th and what that day was like for you living in Jerusalem and what all was transpiring in the moment? Well, that was a very, very sad and terrible day when we heard what was happening at that day, October 7. Um, it was morning and we had no clue what was happening. I had like a, a big group from Seattle, uh, American groups, and the, 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 the city was full of pilgrims. I mean, thousands and thousands of people were just touring that morning, preparing their way to Mount of Olives, you know, to the whole city, to Galilee, and suddenly we heard in the news that Hamas actually succeeded to, um, to uh, pass the fence, and then they uh, were in the Jewish settlements. Here we have like a map, I can show you, this is Gaza. And this line, the border, to nowadays is full of settlements where the Jewish people live here, exactly one mile from the border. And this is when Hamas went out of Gaza and they were here in the settlements and they kidnapped so many people, they killed so many people, uh, kids and women, and there was a big festival that day because of the Sikot, the tabernacle. And uh, many people, they were celebrating that till the morning and uh, suddenly they found all these Hamas, you know, uh, people just uh, killing them and uh, kidnapping them. And uh, that was not expected at all. I mean, in the news, we started to hear like, um, there were like 200 people died in the Jewish side and then 300 and 500 and 1,000. Well, I realized that day that this is not a regular war that we used to hear. You know, like sometimes Hamas send rockets, Israel will react will destroy a couple of uh, camps for Hamas in Gaza, and then everything will be quiet. So 2020, during the COVID, we had like little war, 2018, 2016. So we, we said like, okay, another rocket's coming, you know, to the Israeli side from Hamas. But I realized when it was nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, when they discovered so many people were massacred, mm. I realized this is not a regular war. Israel is going to respond badly. I knew that in my heart, and exactly I was expecting the reaction of, of Israel. And yes, 35,000 people died already in Gaza, kids, women, whatever, and almost 3,000, maybe less, in the Israeli side. So um, that day, uh, all the West Bank were blocked. We had to bring the people back. Their flights were canceled. So it took us two, three days to take them out of Israel to Jordan, to Amman, and from Amman they could fly back. But when I went back home, <clears throat> I realized that we are not going to have any groups coming till at least six months, till June. So cancellation started like group after group. Those who were planning to come in October, just next week, immediately they canceled because there are no flights. And then November, and then December, and then January. So they thought like this war will end in two weeks, three weeks. They will exchange the hostages. Everything will be okay, but no. So they, 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 they kept fighting till end of November, till Christmas. 
And then those who were planning to come in June, July, August, they canceled their trips. And then they kept fighting till end of Jan uh, January. So all the groups they were planning to come in September, October, they canceled their trips. So we don't have anything coming till November. And if there will be no ceasefire in the next weeks or in the next month, then the whole year will be canceled. So we are hoping that 2025 will not be canceled, I mean, the trips. Yeah, it's significant because so much of your you know, livelihood in the Holy Land is based on tourism. Absolutely. And specifically yours and, and many people like you. Oh, yeah. I have so many friends. <coughs> they have nothing to do now. They are home. You know, the old city, you've been in the old city, the markets, Bethlehem, souvenir shops, taxi drivers, guides, uh, travel agencies, hotels, waiters, the people they work in hotels, all of them, they have no job now. And uh, sad to say that this is not for like three or four months, this is going to be for at least nine months. We pray that these two uh, will come to a ceasefire and uh, they will understand what, is, what they are doing is wrong. I mean, we Christians, we, we don't believe in, in violence or war or blood. And remember what Jesus said to Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane, put your sword back in your pocket because whatever comes by sword, it will end by sword. So that's why I always say we need all the peacemaker. Jesus called us actually the children of God. Blessed are the peacemaker for they will be called the children of God. Mm. We need all the peacemaker, you know, to go to the Holy Land to do peace, 1%, we love our neighbors, no matter who are they, you know, Jews, Muslims, anyone, we love them. But the question is, do they love us the same way we love them? Sometimes we ask ourselves this question. But no matter what they will do for us, and that's remind us with what Jesus said, blessed are you if they persecute you because of my name, rejoice and be glad. So we are 1%. And I came to Jesus during my, my life as a tour guide in one of the sites in, uh, in the pool of Bethesda, which is, which is exactly here. You see next to the Temple Mount. This is the Dome of the Rock, by the way. And very close here to the Temple Mount, we have the pool of Bethesda, where Jesus healed the paralyzed man who was waiting 38 years. And there I was wondering if I want to continue to be a guide or what I'm going to do. And I heard him very well telling me, be my witness. So that's why I decided actually to share my faith, not only in the Holy Land. When war started, I just called all my pastors that I worked with, and uh, I decided to come here to the United States because this is the only way maybe I can do some income for my family. I know that there will be no income till the, last, till the end of the year. And I am so happy that my brother Scott, he said, like, if you are passing, please, we would love to have you in here in, in Orchard Hills. I said, yes, I've been here in, during COVID. I said, I would love to come again. And God's plans, <laughs> you will, no, no one can understand it. That's why when we do our plans, God laughs because <laughs> he has a better. I never thought like I would be here, honestly, but God is my shepherd. I shall not want that. This is what I believe. If he has planned for me, I will go with him. That's good. Hey, there's a lot of ignorance and confusion in the United States with regard to the conflict and, and what's at the root of it. Um, 
Can you help us understand why this conflict exists in the, in the first place? And, and take us all the way back to Genesis, back to Abraham, because they're all tracing their lineage back to Abraham. So can you help us better understand this? Well, for those who doesn't know the location of Israel, according to the world map, this is actually the location of Israel here. This little piece of land that I am showing you right now is the land of Canaan or the land of Israel or Palestine or the Holy Land or the land of Syria, name it. We have so many names for the same piece of land. And if you don't know that this piece of land connects Africa all the way with Europe, all the way with Asia. In the old days, no one could go from one place to another only passing by our land. So the conflict is not only between Hamas and Israel nowadays. This land witnessed so many wars. David, Joshua, the Greek, the Romans, the Byzantine, the Muslim, the Crusade, the Mamluks, the Ottomans, the British, name it. <laughs> Everybody wanted this piece of land. Why? Because if you control this piece of land, then you control all the junctions in the old days. And that was so important for the people to control this piece of land and to put their kings like the Egyptian, like David, like the tribes, like, like so many others. Now, let's go back to Abraham. So this is where Abraham lived. Abraham lived in Ur. Let me make it this way. Yeah, this is Ur here somewhere. One moment, sorry. Uh, this is Ur here, and he walked all the way to the Holy Lands. He couldn't go through the desert, of course. And when Abraham was here, of course, that was the promise to Abraham from God. That He told him, Abraham, I want you to leave your town, and I want to show you a land, and this land will be for your sons and your grandsons. And from there, uh, God, I believe personally, that God from that moment was planning for the coming of his son. So he brought Abraham in purpose. He didn't actually bring Abraham for nothing. So Abraham will have Isaac, will have Jacob, they will have the tribes, and from the tribes will come David. From David will come the Messiah. So everything was planned already in advance. And that's why <clears throat> when they said, like, this is the promised land, absolutely this is the promised land for us, for those who accepted Christ as the Messiah. And since then, we are the chosen one. Those who chose Jesus are the one actually who... Who, who, who should live there and who has the right to live there, the Christians, okay? So Abraham had another son, Ishmael. And God also told Ishmael that I will make you a great nation. And some Christians comes from Ishmael, like, like the people in Iraq, the like people of Syria, the people of Egypt, they are from the seeds of Ishmael. Hmm. So Ishmael and Isaac, they were two brothers. But they were not maybe friendly, well, we do have, till today, a lot of people, same family, and they are not in a good relationship. So, but we cannot say, oh, these people are out of, of everything. No, I mean, as uh, Peter, when he went to Caesarea, when he met Cornelius, if you remember, he said to Cornelius, when he, Cornelius told him, I am a Gentile and you are a Jew, you cannot come actually to my house. What Peter said in book of Acts chapter 10, he told Cornelius, I am a man like you, and God has shown me to treat all people pure and clean. That was the message of Peter to all the Gentiles, you know, in Caesarea Maritima, 
um, in, in, in the Holy Land there. And this is one, the first time that we heard a Gentile was baptized at the hand of Peter. That was a big invitation for the Gentiles, which means the Lord Jesus, not, he didn't come only for the Israelites. He come also for the Jews. He comes for all kinds of people, for the Muslims nowadays, for the Jews. Anyone would like to come to his kingdom, he is welcome, he's more than welcome to do so. But we never push or kill someone to come. Mm. You know, like, hey, you have to come or we will kill you. We don't do that. It's by option. And so going back, <clears throat> you've got the, <clears throat> like the Dome of the Rock. Tell us about the significance of this location, why that's important both to the Jews and to the Muslims or Palestinians. I think uh, most of the conflict started here in this location because this is a very, very important uh, site and the holiest site for the Jewish people. This is where Abraham came to sacrifice his son Isaac on this mountain here. Under this dome, <clears throat> there is a rock and they are, it's still there. And that is where Abraham tried to sacrifice his son Isaac on that rock. And that explains why the first and the second temple, both of them were on this mountain, Mount Moriah. <clears throat> so, for years and years, Jews prayed on this mountain. <clears throat> Till, um, you know, the Babylonians destroyed the temple, then they went out of the Holy Land during the Roman time, and some of them, they came back, but after so many years, the Muslims came, and they took over this specific place, and they built a dome over the same rock where Abraham tried to sacrifice his son, but not because they believe that Abraham tried to sacrifice his son Isaac. No, they believe that their prophet was ascended up to heaven from that rock. Well, they do believe that Abraham tried to sacrifice his son Ishmael, but in Mecca, not in Jerusalem. So they do have the same story, but with Ishmael. So Ishmael is the older son of Abraham. So Muslims believe that they are the seeds of Ishmael, and they have the right, actually, to come to the Holy Land since their prophet was ascended up from this rock. And this specific rock, the Jewish wanted. But the Muslims are not allowing the Jews to come up. And every time the Jews come up, Hamas, the extremist Muslims, will be so angry. And they will tell Israel, hey, hey watch it. You, don't, you are not allowed to go up. If you will go up, we are going to react. But they will not react actually here. They will not react, in, in, uh, they will not react actually in, in Jerusalem. They will react in the West Bank, as you can see here. They will react in the West Bank and in Gaza, where we have the green color. Okay, so, so Gaza now, the West Bank here is, is, is controlled you know, by the Israelis and Gaza as well. And Jerusalem, you can see it's exactly between the West Bank and the Israeli side, exactly on the border. So Hamas always warned the Israelis, don't go up, don't go to the Temple Mount. And we were expecting the war is coming, but not like this. We were expecting that they will revolt, they will be angry, the Muslims will be angry if the Jews will go up, but not like what happened on October 7. That was something no one is was expecting it, and I believe this day the Israelis will never forget it. Mm. And, and one more thing, just sorry, one more thing that briefly, don't mix between Israel today and the Israelites from the time of the tribes when Moses took them out of Egypt and Joshua brought them here to the land. Israelites at that time, they were a nation. 
Israel today is a country, it's not a nation. So don't get confused between Jews as a religion and Israel as a country. So when someone tells you, I am an Israeli, doesn't mean he, has, he is a Jew. He can be a Christian Israeli, he can be a Muslim Israeli or a Druze Israeli. So Israel is a nationality, is not a religion. So when the Bible says that God promised the Israelites this land is true for the Jews, the Jewish Orthodox today, those who have big hats and those who come from the tribe of Levi and Judah, they are still there. At least we know that they are coming from these two tribes, still exist. But the, the people today, and sorry to tell you, like a lot of people that don't even practice Judaism in Israel, you know, they are just um, atheists or um, they are not believers, are, are coming, well, they started to come to the Holy Land you know, from Russia, from Ukraine, and from uh, uh, Spain, and from Germany, especially during the Second World War, and then they declared their state. So people sometimes, according to the Bible, they say, oh, this is the land of, for the Israel." Yes, it's true. The Israelites who were at the time of Joshua, who prepared the way for our Christ, the Messiah. So now we are talking about something else. We are talking about a military state, with, with that's why the Jewish Orthodox, they don't serve in the army. Mm. You don't see a Jewish Orthodox serving in the Israeli army. They don't do that. They said, we are not going to use weapons. Our uh, commandments say don't kill. So that's why the Jewish Orthodox, they don't serve in the Israeli army. And so it's significant. <clears throat> so you've got the Palestinians, there are Muslims over here, and you've got the Jews over here, and yeah. they're both claiming rights to this important site, right? So the, the Jews believe that's where, where Isaac was sacrificed by Ishmael. Uh, the Muslims believe that it wasn't Ishmael. I, I mean, it wasn't Isaac that was sacrificed. It was Ishmael. But that was in Mecca. But then their prophet Muhammad ascended yeah. to heaven from that same rock. And so where those two temples had been built and destroyed, the Muslims have, have built this thing called the Dome of the Rock, and so it's holy ground. But you were saying the Muslims um, control it. How close can the, the, Look, the I, Jews I, I, get I, to yeah, it? Yeah, I was going to show everyone that. Well, only you can one, go ahead and show. Only me. one wall here. Only one wall. Can you see this wall? Only one wall separates the Jews from the Muslims. So this is the Muslims here, and this is the Jews here. This is the Western Wall, or as it is known today, the Wailing Wall, and the 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 the. the Jews, they pray here because they cannot go up. So this is the closest point where they can reach for the Holy of Holies because they believe that the Holy of Holies, it was somewhere where the Dome of the Rock today. And since they cannot go up, you know, sometimes, the religious Jews, other Jews, they go sometimes, they don't care. But the religious Jews, they said, no, this is a holy place. We don't want to walk up there. So they reach here. So they pray here, and they are hoping that one day that they can build the third temple so the Messiah, their Messiah, will come. Well, this is the only thing that we, we don't agree, uh, or the Jews, they don't agree with us, that our Messiah is not the real Messiah. They claim that he, is just, he was just a, pro not Pro a prophet even, just a teacher or something, and we said, no, he is the, is the real deal. He is the Messiah. So they are waiting their Messiah to come. And there will be no Messiah if there is no temple. So it's related to each other. So if there is no temple on the top of this mountain, their Messiah is not coming. That's why they are in a hurry to build a temple. And the Muslims are stopping them to do that. And that's led to a big war. So our war between Hamas and Israel is not about border. My friends, 
it's a religious war. As Brother Scott said, like everyone claim that this is his land. The Muslims say, no, this is our land. No, this is our land. This is the land of Abraham. The Zionists will say, no, this is, this is the land where only the Israelis can live. Well, this is wrong. This is not what Jesus taught us. Okay, here in, um, according to the gospel, um, you can uh, see that Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world, <clears throat> John 9. And in Isaiah it says, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Mm. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah and in John, that Jesus came for justice, to justify the world, to give justice to the poor and to those who lost their rights. And so I think that's a, a, a great transition point because right now this has become very political in the United States. And, and people are trying to figure out who should they be siding with? Who should they be supporting? Should they be supporting um, Israel? Should they be supporting the Palestinians? How do you respond to that as a Christian who lives in the Holy Land, who lives in Jerusalem? Well, as I said, we are the 1% who try to be the peacemaker between the two. And if you want to uh, support something, you have to support actually um, peace and justice. This is what we Christians, we support. We pray for justice and peace. We don't believe that this war will lead to something. No one is going to win in war. I mean, if your son died, that's not a victory. Even if Israel will eliminate Hamas and all these hostages will die, that I, I believe this is not a victory. So if you are a Christian, and me as a Christian from the Holy Land, if you ask me to whom shall we support, to whom shall we pray, I will say pray for both. Pray for the Israelis and for Hamas so they can see the, they can they can see actually peace there. They can if there's no peace in their hearts, and that's what I always say. If you don't have peace with the with God, even their God, I mean their God doesn't say like you have to kill the Muslims, and also in 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 in, um, in uh, Judaism it says don't kill. One of the commandments. I mean like, and these supposed to be the people of God. I mean the Muslims and the Jews they do have the Quran and the the Torah that talks about peace and talks about, uh, you know, like uh, love each other. And look what is happening. So that's why the only way that this can come to an end is when they accept Christ in their heart. Mm. There is no peace without Christ. And Jesus said when he was on the Mount of Olives, you see, he looked uh, over Jerusalem, okay, and, and he said like, uh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I tried to gather your sons, as a hen, try to gather her chicks under her wings. But you will never see peace till you will recognize the coming of your son. That's what Jesus said 2,000 years ago. And believe me, the women or the mothers, the Jewish mothers and the Palestinian mothers, they are still weeping on their kids, as Jesus said on his way to the cross. Don't weep on me, but weep on your kids. And this is what's happening, my friends. They are still weeping because they, did, they don't have peace, you know, in their heart. When you have peace, we don't want peace on papers. That doesn't mean anything for us. We want peace here. 
So that's why I said just before Christmas, we want the Prince of Peace to be born in the hearts of Hamas and the Israelis. So they can wake up, they can see, uh, you know, the Christ and his message to us, love each other. This is the greatest commandment that Jesus taught us to love our neighbors and our friends and our enemies like how we love each other mm. and to forgive them as God forgive us our sins. The Lord's Prayer is we should forgive also the sins, those who sins against us. And I think this is a greatest commandment. And this is how what you should pray for. You should pray for peace. And, and, and when we pray as the Christians, let me tell you, because God loves us, he might actually change their hearts. As the centurion in Capernaum, he asked Jesus to heal his servant. And he told him, just say the word and my servant will be healed. His servant has no clue that his master is working and he is going to Jesus so he can be healed. So he felt like, oh, I am good. Oh, I am, I'm feeling so great. But he had no clue that his master was working for that. And because Jesus saw faith in the centurion, he healed his servant. So when you pray for someone who doesn't know God, he doesn't know Messiah, he doesn't, go to, he doesn't know Jesus, because Jesus loves you, he will do that for them. Mm. And that's why we are the peacemaker. And we ask God, God, if you love us, stop the war. Make a ceasefire. Open their hearts. Born in their hearts. Teach their kids how to love each other. As we, actually, as you taught us how to love each other. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Like, we could go on and on, but we got a break at some point. And so, Sam, I just want to thank you for not just being a good friend and guide, um, but for being here in these difficult situations and circumstances and being away from your family so that you can hopefully um, find some income, right, to survive. Well, that's why I'm here. I, I, I love my family, and I will do everything for them, and I miss them. <laughs> yeah, and to that end, the, um, we spoke last week. If you want to help support them, we're going to have a love offering if you feel compelled to do that. We've got some baskets set up across the front of the church here. Uh, there's also a Venmo thing. I told Sam, if you want money, people don't have cash anymore. <laughs> you know, like they, all I know is people Venmo. So I said, you need to get a Venmo account. <laughs> so he did. So if you want to um, Venmo him some money or drop some cash or a check or something like that, um, again, you're not compelled to do that. But if you would like to help him, his family and some others, feel free. Sam, thanks for oh, being here. I am so happy. I'm so, it's an honor. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And, and please keep praying for, for, for Jerusalem and keep praying for us. And I am sure one day there will be peace and many of you will come and visit us there. That is my hope, that I will see you there. I will see you in Jerusalem. Thank you so much. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I want to go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I don't get one applause. You get multiple. The, uh, <laughs> it's humbling. Hey, I just want to seriously um, share with you a scripture that I think is so important, and that really sums all this up, and it's here in Galatians chapter 3. Because remember that, that, that the Jews, they, they believe that, that they have God on their side, that they are the true seed of Abraham, that he has promised them this land. 
and the Palestinians, the Muslims, believe. They have God on their side, that God has promised them this line through Abraham. And read this scripture with me. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, Jew nor Muslim, Jew nor Palestinian, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And this is a verse that a lot of people don't know and stop reading before you get to it. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You see, what they're all missing is Jesus. If there's going to be peace for the Jews, it's going to come through Jesus. If there's going to be peace for the Palestinians, the Muslims, it's going to come through Jesus. If there's going to be peace in your life and your friend's life and your co-worker's life and your family's life, it's going to come through Jesus. That's the only place, the only person that can provide the peace that we also desperately, desperately need. There's a war, and it's not just going on in Gaza. There's a war for every heart, every mind, and every soul. So I want to go to the Lord now and pray, and I want us to pray for the Jews, and I want us to pray for the Palestinians and the Muslims. And I want us to pray for ourselves and I want us to pray for our friends and our family members who don't know Jesus because he's our only hope. So let's pray. Dear God, we we thank you, one, for, for Sam and just the way that you have saved his life. Lord, even though he can trace his, his lineage of Christians for, for centuries, unlike most of us, he still had to come to you personally. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are a personal God. And I thank you for the way the stories that I'm hearing about how you're showing up in, in dreams of Muslims. Like you, you love the Muslims. You love the Jews. You love all of us. And you want us to be in relationship with you. So, Lord, we pray that we would start seeing miracles happen, not only um, in, in the Middle East, not only in the Holy Land, but, but in our homes and in our community as well. And so, Lord, help us, help us to come to you humbly, humbly, and to surrender our lives. May you be our Messiah. May you be our Lord and our Savior. We ask it all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.